0: And amen. Guys, if you would just remain standing with the rest of you, do you mind joining them? We want to start off our service again today by making some declarations over our life. We believe the tongue has the power of life and death. You know, I was talking with my connect group on Wednesday night, just real fast, and I was talking to them about how I have kind of a theme that God's put in my heart and life, and it's that God loves you with an everlasting love. And that, that you're an amazing, amazing um, entity that God's created. You're, you're special. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. And sometimes I get a little bored saying the same thing. And I know some of you sometimes thinking, Pastor Richie, we got that. You know what? We forget those things all the time. And what people were saying to me on Wednesday night is don't ever stop saying that to us. Because we always need to be reminded of that. And one of the things that I shared with you last week, my number one job is I am the chief reminding officer. But can I tell you that we're reminders also. Every one of us are called to remind one another, especially when we're going through a tough time, about the goodness of God. So every time we're making these declarations, I know that it can, we can kind of go through the motions of it and just kind of allow it just to be something that we're saying. But I'm praying today that we'll just, we'll just own it at a new, whole new level today. That we'll really understand how amazing God is. That we'll really understand how amazing we are hidden in Christ Jesus. We'll understand the power of his word. And that you can do all things through Christ. Not some things, all things. What you're dealing with now that you don't think you can get through, you can get through it today. And the reason why you can is because of what Jesus Christ has done. You're highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved today. So let's make these declarations over our life. God is who he says he is. God will do what he says he will do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's word is truth. God's word is alive and active in me. And now because of what Christ has done, I'm highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. Amen? Amen. If you would go ahead and take your seats there if you would if you have your Bibles, turn to me to Acts chapter 2. I, I want to say that I'm really excited about this series that we've been in on the Holy Spirit. And, and, and today on Father's Day, I was one of those things that I was trying to think, should I preach a Father's Day message or should I preach a, a message continuing in the series? And I really felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about the Holy Spirit today. But I want to talk today about an empowerment that God wants us to walk in. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about, fathers and we're like power rangers. We really are. You got you guys have some some secret gifts inside of you. You've got some uniqueness about you that has made you like a power ranger. And so you need to wear that proudly. You want to put the leotards on and do all that stuff, knock yourself out? But in spite of that, wherever you're going, you can walk in the power that God has for you today. And so I, I've been really excited about this, and, and I've been really interested in the response that, we've been, um, that I've been hearing. And, and like I said kind of through this series, that we all kind of come from different backgrounds. We're all raised differently. And we don't realize sometimes how those backgrounds, how the, the way that we were raised actually defines the way that we think. Some of us were raised in religious situations. Some of us were raised in non-religious situations. And no matter the way that we were raised, that becomes our normal. That becomes what's normal. And in fact, I, I know that you have noticed this like I have. Sometimes you see someone operating in a dysfunction and you watch the way that they talk to people or the way that they act, and you know it's wrong. Almost everyone else in society knows it's wrong, but they don't know it's wrong. And you look at them sometimes and you're like, seriously, do you, do you not understand that? Do you not get that? And the reason is, is because that is what they were raised in. They were raised in that being the normal, where the person that, that was their father or an authority figure was very abusive to them. And so it's all they know. And so, while we are talking about this issue of the Holy Spirit, for some of you, the response has been anticipation and an excitement. You're like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm so excited because I, I know about the Holy Spirit already and I'm, I'm excited about learning more. There's also been some of you that are kind of fearful and anxious, and, and I get that. And what my prayer has been throughout this series is not that you're going to necessarily listen to me, but that you're going to listen to the Word of God. And that you're going to have an open heart and an open mind and recognize there may be some things that you actually think are normal that actually may not be quite as normal as you think they are. Because the Holy Spirit wants to be our friend. It's what it's about. It's not about weird things and chaotic things. He he actually wants to be our friend. In fact, the the word Holy Spirit in, in the Greek in the New Testament is the word pneuma. And it means a current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do, is he wants to breathe fresh life into your life. When you have dead areas of your life, he wants those areas to become alive. If you have dry areas of your life, and in fact, let me just ask by show of hands, how many of you would say today, Pastor Richie, I've got some dry areas in my life. I'll take my hands up. What the Holy Spirit wants to do is He wants to allow rivers to run in dry places in our lives so that we're refreshed. And when we begin to understand who the Holy Spirit actually is, we're going to want to run to Him instead of away from Him. So I'm I'm praying that you're going to keep an an open heart today. So I want to dive right in today, and I want to talk today about a word that kind of creates an emotional response from us, and it's the word... Pentecost or Pentecostal Now when I say that some of you get really anxious and fearful and some of you get really excited But we need to understand that words mean different things to different people When you hear a word you naturally have a response to it. Like if I say the word apple Some of you immediately thought of the fruit Other people thought about the electronic company that makes the amazing iPhone. Just by simple say, simply saying the word apple. And so when you hear the word Pentecost or Pentecostal, what do you think? People with lots of makeup? People with no makeup? Things that kind of have a tendency to trip you out? Well, it's actually a day or an event. So again, I want to ask you to keep an open heart because You see, after Jesus rose from the dead, he spent 40 days with his disciples. And in those 40 days, he's giving them some final instructions and talking to them. And he tells his disciples that they need to tarry in Jerusalem, that the Holy Spirit was going to be sent to them. Then he ascended up into heaven. Ten days later of tarrying, for a total of 50 days, the day of Pentecost comes, and the Holy Spirit is poured out on the church. Here's how it says it in Acts 2 1, our verse that we're looking at today. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, the Holy Spirit's poured out in an extraordinary way that forever changed the face of the New Testament church. So Pentecost was a day or an event. In fact, it was a holiday. Pentecost is a holiday. In fact, it is one of seven Jewish holidays or feasts that Jewish people celebrated, the day of Pentecost. Kind of like we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate Easter, they celebrated the day of Pentecost. So when Jesus came, he actually used the holidays, and I want to show you two of them today, to reveal to us that Jesus was to be the fulfillment of everything spoken of in the Old Testament. Now, this is going to be pretty amazing, and you're going to be going, wow, you can't orchestrate that unless you're God, as you start to look at this. So he uses two of these seven, ho- or there's seven of them. I want to just talk about two of them today for, because of time. But here's what Jesus said in Matthew 5. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. He's saying, look, I, I haven't come away to do away with all those things. Now, we're not doing the practices necessarily anymore, but we are still operating in the principles. I have not come to abolish the law, but I have come to fulfill them. So we see all throughout the Old Testament types and shadows of what Jesus the Savior came to do. heard it explained to me like this one time. In the Old Testament, it's Jesus concealed, but in the New Testament, it's Jesus revealed. And when you begin to understand that these are types and shadows of things to come, suddenly you begin to be amazed at what Christ actually came to do. So all throughout the Old Testament, we're seeing these types and shadows that ushered in the New Covenant. So through these seven holidays or feasts, you actually see Jesus' plan for your life and my life. And I'm going to look today again at two so that you understand that God actually has a plan for your life. The Christianity is not about saying some little simple prayer and then just hanging in there till Jesus comes and one day we're going to make heaven. God actually has an, a a specific plan, purpose, and design for every one of our lives. So the first major holiday that we see was the Passover. It was a celebration of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. The children of Israel had been enslaved in Egypt for hundreds of years. So God sends Moses as a deliverer to Pharaoh and tells Pharaoh, let my people go. If you want to read the whole story, it's in the beginning of the book of Exodus. Powerful story that you'll want to read. Well, even though God is sending Moses to Pharaoh, Pharaoh is not responding to God. Just so you know, for those of you that are working through some things and wondering why some people in your life aren't changing, people have to actually submit to the change of God. Because God is a loving God that's given you and I free will, and so we get to choose our free will. So, so Pharaoh is not responding to God, so God begins to send plagues. He turns water into blood. He sends um, locusts, all all kinds of different plagues, a total of 10 plagues, and the 10th plague being the death angel, and it's the death of the firstborn son. Seems kind of harsh, but there was a way to avoid it. And the way that you avoid it was by putting the blood of a lamb on the doorpost, and the angel would pass over, hence the name of the holiday, so that your son or that your family would be saved. So, They put the blood on the doorposts, they're saved. Pharaoh says, okay, get out, I'm ready for y'all to leave. They leave Egypt and God says, listen, I want you to celebrate Passover every year. So each year they would celebrate Passover as a holiday. Again, similar to the way that we would celebrate Christmas or or Easter. And here's how they would celebrate it on the Passover day. Now watch these parallels again, Old Testament and New Testament. And the first one is in the morning... The Passover lamb would be sacrificed. So in the morning, the Passover lamb would be sacrificed. Then in the afternoon, the lamb would be put into the oven in keeping with the holiday, so that they could eat the lamb later on in the evening. And the whole purpose was a pictured reminder of the fir- third and final thing, that the sacrifice of that lamb, and here's an important word, covered their sins. Meaning you're still a sinner in the Old Covenant, but now the blood of the Lamb has covered over your sins. So every year, they would have to come back to the altar, make a sacrifice again, and their sins would be covered for another year. If y'all are picking up what I'm laying down, say amen. All right. Now remember, this is a a pictured reminder that Jesus came to be a fulfillment of the Old Testament. He died on the cross on Friday, and that Friday was Passover. Passover. I'm telling you, this is amazing. This is, if you, have, have you wondered about your Christianity before? I'm telling you, this is going to be proof positive of the goodness of God. So he was, he was on Friday was Passover when Jesus laid down his life. So let's watch the similarities. Here, this is amazing. In the morning, Jesus became the Passover lamb that was sacrificed. In the afternoon, Jesus, the Passover lamb, was placed in the tomb. The lamb went into the oven. Our lamb went into the tomb. But his sacrifice didn't just cover our sins. Check this out. Jesus, the Passover lamb, his sacrifice removed our sins. That's why the Bible says he takes our sin, he casts it as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers it no more. So what I'm trying to show you is the pattern or the types and shadows of the Old Testament that Jesus came to fulfill. How many of you think that's amazing that Jesus, our Passover lamb, came on Passover? I mean, died on Passover. Well, some of you might be wondering, Pastor Rich, is really Jesus really the Passover lamb? Let me show it to you in 1 Corinthians 5. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So Passover represents to us it's this, Passover represents salvation. It represents that in the New Testament, we can be saved. And just so you know, it is a standalone experience. Let me explain what I mean by that. You see, there are some things that God wants you to do. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, it's again, not about praying a prayer, just trying to survive. There's some things that God wants you to do. God has more for you, but he doesn't wrap it all up in this experience of Salvation. He wants you to do some things. He wants you to pray. He wants you to have a conversation daily, moment by moment, with Him. He wants you to read your Bible because He wants to talk to you. He wants to allow His Word to wash over all the impure things that TV and media is putting into your mind. He wants you to read your Word. He wants you to grow in God. He wants you to be a witness. He wants you to serve people. He wants you to give. These are the things that God wants you to do or for you, there's some things that God wants you to walk in. But, But he doesn't wrap it up into all this one experience. Do you know why? Because this one is free. Salvation is free. There's nothing that you can do to earn it or deserve it. And he didn't want to mix it up with stuff that you actually do. So that when you think that by these works that I'm doing, I have now earned or merited salvation. In fact, here's how the Word of God says it in Ephesians 2. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. It's a free gift. You didn't earn it. Jesus gave it to you for free. And all you have to do is surrender your heart, surrender your life to him. Say, God, I'm all in with you. By the way, it's not about the prayer. It's about the heart behind the prayer of, God, I'm all in with you. I'm giving you my life. And that's important for some of you to understand. Because you thought salvation was praying some little simple prayer, and it's just some little token thing that you've said. But it's really surrendering your heart and life to him. So the reason why this is important is again is because there's more that God wants you to experience. Which brings me to the next holiday that I want to talk about. And it's where we began today. It's with this holiday of Pentecost. And again, this is a little scary for some of you, a little exciting for others. But the word Pentecost is broken down in the Greek to penta and kosti. Penta means five and kosti means to the tenth power or 50. So let me show you this word and and let me show you how scary it actually is. You may want to hold on to someone's hand as I share it with you. But it means 50. (laughs) Woo. Fright night, right? Freaking y'all out? It means 50. But what the devil has been doing is trying to keep you from something that God wants in your life. But it all means that it was 50 days after the Passover. So in our calendar, it's seven weeks after Easter. Which, by the way, is actually when we began this series. This year it happened to follow the first Sunday in June. And in the original Pentecost, on that day they were celebrating that the law of Moses was given on Mount Sinai. So they're coming out of Egypt. Fifty days later, they're around the mountain, and the presence of God is there. Y'all remember the Cecil B. DeMille movie, The Ten Commandments? Some of you are not old enough to to have ever understood that that's actually a movie. The rest of us are like, yeah, I saw it when it came out originally. All right. Well, in this movie, there's uh, amazing things happen. There's fire, smoke, earthquakes happen. And check out the characteristics. I want to again do a comparison Check out the characteristics or the activity that was happening then when the law was given in Mount Sinai and when the day of Pentecost came when the Holy Spirit fell. Watch it again. A cloud descended, this is in Mount Sinai, a cloud descended with loud noise and fire. God wrote his law on tablets of stone Again, this happened at Pentecost. And remember that because Moses was gone for a while, they created a golden calf. They rejected God, dancing naked around. 3,000 people died that day. So now they have this holiday, Pentecost, 50 days after they've come out of Egypt. And at 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, it's once again the day of Pentecost. Are you all tracking with me with what I'm saying here? Yes, okay, thank you. I'll talk to you the rest of the service. So what was happening? Fifty days after the day of Pentecost. So, it's 50 days again, I'm sorry, 50 days after Jesus' resurrection. Again, it's the day of Pentecost, and it's interesting, again, how it parallels the original Pentecost. Because the Holy Spirit descended with loud sound and fire. You can read about it in Acts 2. It's amazing. God didn't write on stone this time, but God wrote his law on our hearts. So that we could actually have God on the inside... Helping us, changing us, molding us, making us into everything he wants us to be. And guess how many people didn't die that day, but were saved that day? 3,000 people were saved. Again, it's an amazing parallel of the holiday. Let me show you, to you how this unfolds in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, if you're following along in your Bible or up on the screen. says, after his suffering, that's the cross... He showed himself to these men, that's the 40-day period I was talking about, and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. There were some that doubted. He said, are you really Jesus? He said, hey man, check out my hand. Look, look right here on my side. He did, he did miracles, and he appeared to them over a period of 40 days. Pastor Richie, I thought you said it was 50. Watch this. And he spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. And they were going to wait 10 days, total of 50 days, for the gift my Father promised you, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, that's a, an issue of salvation, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, Jesus, why is it that we actually need the Holy Spirit in our lives? Can I make it to heaven without it? Yes. but what? So why do I need it? Acts 1.8. But you will receive power. This is not power for salvation. This is power to help you succeed. To walk in the abundant life, the amazing life that God has for you. When? The Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We'll be witnesses in Amarillo. We'll be witnesses all over the United States. We'll be witnesses all over the world. In fact, we're sending a team in about seven weeks down to Brazil, and I'm telling you, they're going to be a witness to some hurting people. We're following the mandate of Acts 1-8 that we're going to receive power to be a witness it means that we're going to start telling others about the goodness of God. See, unfortunately, we've got that, that mindset that words, again, mean something. So when I say witness to some of you, that means you show up on Tuesday night, you get in a group, and you go around to the local neighborhood, and you knock on a bunch of doors, and you say, Hey, can I tell you about Jesus? Bam! Hey, can I, can I tell you about Jesus? Bam! That's what it means to you, but that's not what it means. It means that you're going to be a witness. How many of you know when God does something good in your life and you know it's God, you can't help but talk about the goodness of God? Listen, I know that some of you, you kind of come into our our expression of worship here and you're kind of going, dude, that pastor's crazy. What on earth is he raising his hands? Why is he jumping up and down? Let me tell you, I feel every time I get in church, it's like I've won the lottery. It's like I've won the Publisher's Clearing House, which my wife is praying she's going to win. Well, you know what? It's like I won that. Listen, you ever watch those commercials? They don't go, "Oh, thank you. I appreciate that 5,000 dollars for the rest of my life for a week. That's really awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm really rejoicing, yes, I'm, I'm very excited about it. You, you, I, I don't want to be a, an emotional person, so, so yes, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. See, when God does good things in your life, you become a witness. Your friends are asking, how did you get the promotion? Let me tell you about the goodness of my God. Hey, I thought you were dying and sick. What happened? Let me, let me tell you about the goodness of my God. Hey, I thought your marriage was falling apart and your kids were, were going AWOL. Hey, let me, let me just tell you about the goodness of my God. You become a witness. You can't help but talk about the good things of God. So what does Pentecost mean? It's not wild church services. It's not crazy and unusual things happen. You know what the enemy has done? He's put it in a package to keep people from something that you actually need. You need it to be a success on this earth. Pentecost is about power to make a difference. Listen, God has called us to make a difference. Let me say that again. God has called us to make a difference. You know, there are people in the world that get this better than we do. They, do, they recognize that they're called to make a difference, and they're actually making the wrong difference. Listen, God has called us to make a difference. He has called us to be light in darkness. He has called us to help people on the path of life. We don't take the light and shine it in their face and be accusatory towards them and be mean towards them. We shine it on the path and say, look, here's the path of life. You want this. This is the, this is the path God has for you. They get to choose it. We're not responsible for them. We're responsible to them. We need to quit being so mean because we feel responsible for them to change them. They've got to change. Listen, God's called us to bring hope into hopeless situations. Every one of us live with people or have people around us that feel hopeless all the time. You may not recognize it because they may put on a smile and might seem super happy, but they're dealing with hopelessness that God has called you and I to bring hope into a hopeless world. It's about power to make a difference. He's given us an assignment. And listen, just so you know, this assignment is too big for any of us. If you're going to serve in this church, if you're going to do the things of God, if I'm going to pastor this church based upon my flesh, I'm out on Monday. And I can always tell when I'm a little bit in the flesh because I've got my, my resignation letter I want to pull up and say, okay, I'm, I'm tired of this, God, I'm out. And then I'm going, okay, wait, I need to get empowered by the Holy Spirit. So every morning when you come on Sunday mornings, listen, it doesn't mean when you're empowered that suddenly every morning you feel like coming and helping people and serving people and loving on people, but when you're empowered, you go, you know what, I've got a purpose that's higher than how I feel. It's an assignment. It's too big to do, pull it off if we're just going to do it in our flesh. We need the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. In fact, he wants to empower us in three areas that I want to give you real quickly here. The first one is the Holy Spirit empowers me to live righteously. You might want to take these down, guys. In fact, if you lean them up there, I'll leave them up there on the screen for just a moment. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live righteously. Remember, at the first Pentecost was all about giving of the law. It's about giving the law, and some of you are still trying to follow the letter of the law. You're trying to find a law that was written, follow a law that was written on stone. And here's how it works in your life. You love God. You you seriously love God. And you're trying to do it, but you don't want to. I know I've got you a lot of you on that one, so everyone's trying to keep a real poker face. Not me. You love God. You're trying to do it, but you don't want to do it. You don't want to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it's a struggle, and you're battling in your flesh. Do you know why it's hard? Because it's not something on the inside It's something just on the outside. It's a rule to you. It's a regulation to you. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he writes his law on your heart. Suddenly, it's not something you're trying to do. It's something you actually become. You're no longer trying to love unloving people because you are loved. You just love them. You just love them. You're not necessarily just trying to be kind. You're actually kind because of the Holy Spirit empowering you to be kind. You're no longer having to struggle to forgive. You understand how much you've been forgiven of. It empowers you to forgive others. You're not trying to do it anymore. You become it. Your desires change because the Spirit dwells in you. Here's how Romans 8 says says it. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature. Some are saying, oh, yes, I am. Listen, you only are if you're yielding to it, but if you're a child of God, you're not controlled by it, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. See, build with the, being filled with the Spirit allows the Holy Spirit to do a transforming work on the inside of us. It changes our hearts, it changes our thoughts, it changes our desires. So I'm no longer struggling to become something that I already am. I'm abiding in the vine, and as I abide in the vine, the fruit that comes from the the root of it begins to show up in my life. You know, we all have some areas that we struggle with. And there were areas that I struggled with when I was under the law forever. I was trying to overcome, trying to overcome, struggling with my flesh, and it, it never happened. But when I began to just rest and abide in the Holy Spirit, suddenly those dead leaves began to fall off of me. Because the Holy Spirit does a regenerative work in our lives, and what happens is it go, living for God goes from a have to, have to go to church, I have to read my Bible, I have to be nice, I have to have to have to, have to do a get to. Then I love it when I do the right things. I, don't y'all love it? Don't you love it when you're kind to somebody and just how that creates this wonderful atmosphere? It goes from a have to, a get to, and it empowers us to walk in the abundant life that God has for us. In fact, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. And so you're not having to discipline yourself and smack yourself all the time going, stop doing that. Struggling to live right. He'll tell you what you should do. He'll tell you, hey, look, that's not who you are. You're about ready to say that thing that you've said a thousand times to your spouse. You're about ready to say it, and the Holy Spirit says, you don't have to say that. I've actually got a better way of fixing this if you'll just trust me. And you can actually back up and say, hey, he'll say to you, hey, that's not who you are. You're, you're better than this. He'll make, help you make decisions about tough choices in your life. See, there's sometimes that we're about ready to make a decision, and it seems right with our intellect. It looks just totally on paper, right, 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 right thing to do. And the Holy Spirit's going to tell you, hey, look, don't do that. The Holy Spirit's going to remind you about things. He's going to remind you of some things that, that, that were from the past. This past week, I called a buddy of mine because about three or four months ago, I saw him where I, and I was telling him that I wanted to um, blow um, insulation up in my attic. And, you know, it's one of those things that I've been putting off. How many of you just hate to climb up in that hot attic and get that insulation all over you? I, I just had been dreading this. And I'm like, oh. So, I, so I, um, I talked to him and I said, hey, you know, I know you used to do construction. Are you still... Doing that attic thing goes, yeah, I'm not doing it right now, but I'll be doing it in the summer. I said, hey, do you think you could help me out a little bit? I said, I don't really know what to do. I don't know how to get started, anything with it. You know how many of you know sometimes it's really fun to play dumb? And uh, so anyway, he's going, yeah, I can help you out. He goes, "Uh, here's what I can do. I can actually buy the insulation for you at my cost. So I'm going to be able to save you some money. So I said, awesome. I said, so what do I need to do? He goes, oh, oh I'll contact you. In fact, I'll contact you because I'll be placing a big order. I'll contact you ahead of time. So I said, okay, this week I'm sitting and I'm thinking all of a sudden something drops in. Hey, call your friend. So I, I went in and texted him and I said, hey, actually he told me to text my friend. Text your, text your friend. So I texted him and, and he responds back goes, oh man, I'm so glad that you did. I'm ready to place the order tomorrow. And if you hadn't gotten it in today, I would have missed it. I said, oh man, thank you. See, you know what? Since I've been doing this series on the Holy Spirit, I've I've been reminding myself and I've been remembering that he's a friend. And and he's a friend that I want to talk to. He's not the friend that I want to go out to eat with and both of us are on our phones the whole time during our meal. I want to have a conversation with him. I want a dialogue with him. I'm getting my family right now. This is a great time. I want to have a conversation with him. I want, to, I want to connect with him because you see, what we confuse is relationship and fellowship. Relationship, you know what, I'm always in relationship with my wife, but there are times when we're not really in fellowship, we're not on the same page. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do is He wants to be in relationship, which He is, if you're a child of God, but He wants to be in fellowship. So he drops this down in my heart and I text him and he says, hey, I'll come over and let me look at your house. So he comes over and we're talking and I'm saying, so do you actually install it and kind of, what does that mean? He goes, hey, let me tell you something that I do for my friends. I actually install it for my friends for free. Now, I don't know if that's a miracle for you, but that's a miracle for me. And this is just one of many things that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us about in our lives all the time. That the Holy Spirit moving in our lives, empowering us to be a success in life, is not just about churchy things. It's about in your natural, God doing supernatural things. God doing extraordinary things in your life. In fact, that's the second thing. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live supernaturally. I say this all the time. God wants to put his super upon your natural. He wants to put his extra upon your natural ordinary so that it becomes extraordinary listen if you want to if you want to operate in the flesh and in yourself knock yourself out god's gonna love you he's gonna he's gonna watch you do the whole thing and he's gonna be standing there beside you and saying anytime you want me to step in and help you just let me know but as long as you want to do this by yourself you can you realize that the leg up that we have on society We don't realize what we can tap into in understanding the Holy Spirit. God wants you to live the supernatural life. He never intended you to live your life just surviving. Some of you are there. Man, I'm just trying to survive. Listen, God doesn't want you to survive. He wants you to thrive. He's called you to be a more than conqueror today. He's called you to be the head and not the tail. To be above and not to be beneath. He's called you to be blessed in the city, blessed in the country. Well, Pastor Richie, that's just all about financial and blessings. Listen, when does God receive praise and glory? When you're blessed. When, I, when I'm blessed, people look at me and they go, man, how did that happen? I start talking about the goodness of God. I get blessed, he receives glory. He wants to do supernatural things in your life. Now, how many of you would agree that Jesus lived a supernatural life? He provided, did miracles, he brought healings. And Jesus said this in John 14, that we would do even greater things. And it doesn't have to be spooky or weird to believe in God's supernatural power to bring healing, health, and wholeness into your life, to, sing, to see restoration happening into your life, to see him provide for his children. That's why we want you to encounter the Holy Spirit because it will empower you not to show off and say, hey, look at me, check me out, but because he wants you to live the supernatural life that he has for you. You know what's holding some of you back? Your belief. Your belief. Simply that. Pastor Richie, you don't know my life. I've I've lived in this all my life. Listen, I'm telling you, it's time to believe and receive. It's time to walk in the fullness of what God has for us. Acts 10, talking again about Jesus. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Why would God do that? It goes on to say, then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. God wants you and I, as we're going, to impact people's lives. Oh, I just need my life impacted. No, you need to impact other people's lives, and your life will get impacted. Listen, we're not interested in putting together services that kind of appeal to our flesh. We like to do the fun things that we're doing. But listen, I'm not interested in putting together a a message that appeals to your intellect. I'm not. Here's what I want. I want what Paul wrote. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2. Paul wrote Y'all thought I was going to let that slide, didn't you? You just keep going on. 1 Corinthians 2. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. They weren't with funny stories. They weren't with jokes and different things. But with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. Why is that so important? Next verse. So that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom. But on God's power. Listen, we want you to experience the power of God. Your marriage, your body can be healed. Listen, your life can change. Your marriage can change. Listen, you can get free from the addictive behavior that has plagued you all your life. There's power, not just in good counseling and wisdom. There is power available for your situation. And I want you to discover it today. Here's the last one. He wants to empower you. It's not spooky or weird. There is, it is about power. It's about power with a purpose. Here's the third reason why. And this is the final one. He empowers us. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live on mission. Listen, this morning I want to make a bold statement. If you want a church where you can come and hear three points and a poem, where you can come hear a a message that just is addressing the issues that you're dealing with and other people to serve you, I want to tell you today, we are not the church for you. We're not. We want to love you. We want to help you, we want to serve you, but we want you to see you walking in the fullness of everything that God has for you. And you're never going to walk in the fullness of everything that God has for you until you're living your life on the mission that God has for you. You were designed and created with a purpose. And what we keep doing is we keep trying to stuff other things into that hole that we're not fulfilling by walking in the purpose. We try to buy more things, do more things, go on more vacations, and we're so, so dissatisfied in God saying, Look, I've got a mission. I designed you. I created you. I know what you're for. That's why we do our growth track, by the way, so that, you can, so that you can get on the path to discovering your purpose, so that you can begin to understand the way that you're wired, so that you can understand your spiritual gifts. The church doesn't exist just so that we can take care of those that are already here, but it exists also for those that are about ready to come. And we do this when we find and are doing our part, that we're daily on mission, empowered by the Holy Spirit to impact our world. And if you're looking for a church that's going to help you and minister to you, that's going to pray for you and care for you, we are that church. Please understand that. But also, we are always going to be on mission, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to make a difference inside and outside of these four walls, and it's all of us. You reach people that I could never reach. You'll impact people that the people next to you could not impact. So God asked asked us to do something again that we are not qualified to do. We're going to need His power to do it. We're going to need His power. Some of you have been hurt in churches. And because you've been hurt in churches, you're afraid to get in and get involved. Listen, hurting people hurt people. They do, and sometimes we just have to suffer through some pain, but it's time for some of you to let go of some of that bad baggage. It's holding you back from running the mission God has for you. First Thessalonians 1, and I really am winding down. It says, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep, conviction notice that there's power found in the holy spirit but there's also a deep conviction it means that we passionately believe and that we're fully convinced that jesus is the answer i'm telling you again we're, we're being attacked from without and we we have bought into the lie that jesus is one of many ways he's not he is the answer the gospel is the good news of jesus christ that our world needs And because we believe that, because we're fully convinced of that, we are on mission to spread the love and hope of Jesus Christ. And we're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us live righteously, supernaturally, and be on mission. So that a lost and dying world, your family, your friends, that God's put a responsibility on you to impact them, your neighbors can experience all that God has for them too. We need the Holy Spirit. We need, we need the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit, again, to help us live righteously, supernaturally, and follow the mission that he has for our lives. So I want to pray over you today. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com.